Hey guys, welcome back to the Video Edge podcast. My guest today is Roddy Markell, who is a nutrition coach. Her business is less than three years old, and in a year's time, she wants to be serving more people and sharing sustainable health solutions to as many people as she can reach. Her ultimate business goal is to leave an amazing business model and legacy to her children. Now, I don't think it gets any better than that. She's currently working on her own and is wearing all of those business owner hats. This is The Video Edge, a podcast designed to help grow your business by overcoming the barriers you face when creating video content. We're brought to you by Shoot For The Moon. If you're serious about overcoming the video content creation challenges that you and many other business owners and entrepreneurs face, then you're in the right place. Every episode, we spotlight content creation challenges so that you can grow your business by this conversation. If you're new to the show, basically, I get to talk to an entrepreneur. They've got a challenge and we talk about it for half an hour. That challenge is always around video content creation and video marketing. And I go through what I would do to overcome these challenges. So if you do love the show, please just give it a little review and subscribe because that helps more than you know. Before we meet today's guest, I just want to let you know that we have courses available in the Video Production Academy. They are low ticket, but packed full of value. The on-demand videos are bite-sized and accompanied by workbooks, cheat sheets, and all manner of goodies to help you on your video content creation journey. You can check them out on the website, videoproductionacademy.co.uk. Wherever you are in the world, as long as you have an internet connection, you can learn from the comfort of your own home using the courses, or better still, the Shoot for the Moon membership. This is a training platform that we've created to help entrepreneurs grow their business. We're going back to the podcast in just a moment, but I want to take this opportunity to tell you about Shoot for the Moon. What is it? Well, it's all about having me as your coach without the thousands of pounds worth of price tag. You can have me and others teach and coach you in your business every single week. Videos on demand, strategies and tactics, cheat sheets of proven stuff that I know will positively impact your business. Sounds fantastic? Well, it is when you hear the price. It will cost you £47 a month. That's less than a pair of Nikes to empower your voice and perfect your presence. And I want you to try it for free because I know it works, tried, tested and proven. Here's what you can do. There's a link to it in the show notes and I guarantee you can impact your business positively in those two weeks as long as you are ready to get out of your comfort zone. Now, let's get back to the podcast. Let's give a wonderful warm welcome to my guest today. Roddy has told me that her challenges include time management combined with needing to know all the different things, what her next steps are to grow the business and client conversion and video growth. She says she's tired of being intimidated in front of the camera. So let's welcome Roddy to the show. Hi, Roddy, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. So happy oh, to be here. Well, you're very welcome. The first thing that I would like you to do is to introduce yourself and your business in 60 seconds or thereabouts. Okay, let's do it. My name is Roddy Merkel. I own a company called Nutrition by Design. I'm a nutrition coach, primarily for the middle-aged woman whose kids are grown and gone and raised. And she's at a point in her life where she's put herself last for far too long. I also coach the CrossFit athlete, the older primarily CrossFit athlete, because I too am a CrossFit athlete. I have a macro-based tracking program 
that is real, sustainable, and offers up real solutions. It's not a quick fix. It's a lifestyle of sustainability and healthy eating. And I decided to go into this business because I had a coach that poured into me. And so I felt like I needed to give back what I had been given and because it truly changed my life. And so here I am two years plus into the business and I just love it. I just love it. And I can't wait for my business to make a bigger impact. I think that's great because you have a passion there that's really going to take you through, but it also comes across on the screen as well, which is, is absolutely great. Now, we're going to look at the challenges that you're facing. And I think you quite cleverly managed to cram five challenges into three spaces. So the first one that you have is time management and needing to know all the things. And that's something that I know most business owners will feel to their very core. Yeah, that's been a real challenge for me, especially as I've started to grow more and more. I'm becoming busier and busier and busier. And I understand and realize that I need to probably start automating some of my processes. But there's two things that kind of hold me back. Number one, the technical challenge of that and knowing what to do. And number two, I don't want to lose that connection that I have with my clients because it's a very relationship-based model. And I don't want to lose that or give that up. Yes, I can understand that for sure. What have you tried so far, certainly with, you know, relation to video content? What have you done up to this stage? So far, what I've done up to this stage is basically on social media platforms, primarily Facebook. I started doing more lives. I started developing curriculum. And so I'm doing a few more teaching type short snippets of videos through YouTube. And that's basically it at this point. That's great, though. That's a great start because I know that one of the things that you have said is a particular barrier for you is having that confidence on camera, but you're obviously already getting out of your comfort zone to make an effort with it, which is fantastic. Yes, it's a little sketchy and not very good, but that's okay. I'm at least trying to get myself out there a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. For me, my background is that I've been in the media for over 30 years off and on and with no intention of ever being in front of the camera. My background was I was a video editor. I was an audio editor. I could do most things. I could do the camera work. I could do the lighting. So I was always behind the scenes. And then when the UK went into lockdown in 2020, I'm in this unusual position of being a female owner of an IT business. So we are very, very, very rare. And my business had to be close to the public, but was still functioning because people still needed IT support, more so because they're working from home, the kids are studying at home. So I needed to show up for my business. And I thought, that's fine. I'll do Facebook Lives. So I did two Facebook Lives and they were awful. I was wooden. I was shaking. I went bright red. My hands were sweaty. It was just awful. And I thought, this is ridiculous. So it was like, go big or go home. So what I did is said, right, fine. I am going to do Facebook Lives for 30 days straight. And I taught for 30 days and I planned it out. I'm a teacher. I'm a qualified teacher. That's my background after media. I should taught media studies. I thought, I'm going to teach for 30 days. And after about day three or four, I relaxed. Because I think the big issue that we have is we try and be perfect. 
we try and be like the presenters that we see on television or, you know, people that we see as professional people, which we're not. And you know what? Nobody's asking us to be. The big thing is being ourselves. And it's when you relax into it and let the pressure off that actually you get a lot better. So I think you're going to be doing just fine. But it really is a case, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah, I've been challenging myself to do at least a couple a week to this point. And it has gotten a lot better and a little bit more comfortable. But it's definitely been a challenge for me. And I know that I need to get more comfortable in front of the camera, especially if I'm going to be teaching curriculum on health coaching and solutions and macro tracking and all of that to be able to be comfortable in front of the camera. What's funny is I'm comfortable in front of people. Like I could sit in front of a classroom and teach all day long, but you put me in front of the camera and I just freeze. I mean, same thing. No, I'm the complete opposite. You put me in front of a group of people where I can actually poke them. And then I'm just a gibbering wreck. It's just awful. And I know that that's my next learning curve is actually to stand in front of a group of people and deliver workshops and things. So, yeah, I hear you, but I'm on the other side of it. How much preparation do you put in before you do a Facebook Live? You know, that depends. Sometimes I put way too much thought into it, which leads to procrastination and never doing it. And sometimes I'm finding that I perform better if I just pick up the phone and do it. But I do typically try to have a topic that I want to cover. And I'm trying to speak more from my heart and from a place of authenticity instead of a place of knowledge, you know, okay. spitting fact and spitting ratios and talking that way. I'm learning to just speak from my heart about my own experience and how I can help based on the subject that we're talking about. Okay. So there's a couple of suggestions for you. Incorporate stories more, which is a bit difficult because I'm not seeing your content, but the more you can include stories, the more that you will connect with your audience. So if I turned around and said to you that 80% of women struggle to be on camera, you'd go, okay, yeah, fine, I can resonate with that. If I tell my story about it, you sort of nod a lot more because you're like, I've had those palpitations. I know what that feels like. So it's more of an emotional connect because there's a story that goes with it. The other thing that I would suggest that you do is that you actually script a beginning and an end to your Facebook lives. So it can be something as simple as, hi, I'm Roddy from Nutrition by Design. And today my Facebook live is going to be on whatever the subject is. And then you've got your outro, which can be along the lines of, I hope you've enjoyed the discussion today. Please leave me comments below or whatever you call to action so know that you leave them with something. Okay. And then what I would do is, even though you know what you want to say, I would make bullet points of that. Now, anybody that's seen me knows that I am a very strong advocate for sticky notes. I have millions of them. And what you can do is actually have just the basics of your intro on one, your basics of an outro on one, and then your bullet points. So if you're recording on your phone, you literally can stick it on the bottom of your phone. So it's not covered. As long as it's not covering up the camera, it's fine. Nobody can see it. And it just, I think once you practice the intro, it gives you more confidence because you know what you're going to say to get going. Because that first couple of seconds can be quite ropey when you press slide. I did a Facebook live earlier on and the beginning of it was fine, but the end was me trying to find the button to come off the live. So it was me just kind of looking up and looking up and then disappear. 
So it, people have grace for that. People have a lot more grace for lives than they do for uh, pre-recorded video. So it's fine. But the more that you can do to give you confidence through the preparation, the better that you'll be with it. And personally, I'm a scripted person. I work with a teleprompter, but a lot of people prefer bullet points. But just having that preparation in place could give you a bit more confidence. Okay, those are great tips. Good. (laughs) One of the things that you said about for challenges, what steps you need to grow the business from here. So you're doing Facebook Lives, you're doing little bits of YouTube work and you're developing curriculum. Have you thought about how you're actually going to coordinate this into a cohesive whole or is it sort of like spinning plates in separate areas right now? Yeah, second point. Second point, because, yeah, I know that I need to, like I mentioned before, I need to figure out a way to bring it all together. And I don't have any idea how to do that. There's so much out there that when it comes at me, when I start researching it, as far as things like click funnels and ads and websites and MailChimp and Kajabi and all of those other platforms that can help automate some of the things that I don't really care to do because I just want to coach. I get the deer in the headlight and then I just shut down. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to keep doing it. One of the big things is finding the right platforms for you. Personally, I use Kajabi. I have used several, but settled on Kajabi probably a year and a half. Yeah, about a year and a half ago. And the reason I went with that platform is because it solved multiple needs that I had. So it's somewhere where I could hold my email list. It was somewhere where I could email out from. My podcast is based there. My courses are based there. My membership is based there. So there was lots of things that I could do in that one place rather than having a WordPress site with plugins and things that I would need to coordinate. So the big thing is working out what's the simplest thing that you need? What's your minimum viable product? Because I think it's quite easy to what a friend calls shiny object syndrome, because there's a lot of the things that are out there are fantastic. But when there's just you in the business, you have to simplify as much as you possibly can and work out where it is that you can automate. But I think the bigger part of it is where it is that you can coordinate. So for me, we have the Video Edge podcast, which is me coaching people through the different challenges. But this then becomes my social media content so i take sound bites from this and it becomes short form content that is then trailers to lead back to the full episodes that are on youtube for the video and on the main platforms for the podcast so it doesn't take me that much longer to actually edit the short form content over and above the whole podcast so it's repurposing the content to use it more than once And then the other thing that I'm in the process of doing is I'm also taking sound bites. So it's the aha moments. I'm lifting those out of my course content and I'm making short form content from that as well. And when I put it together, I look at my week and say, okay, what do I want to have in a week? So I want to talk about the course. I want to talk about the podcast being on YouTube. I want to talk about the podcast being on audio. But I also want things that feel uplifting. So I have an inspirational quote that goes out on a Sunday. So I I did all the 52 quotes in less than an hour because I put a search. I went, give me 52 inspirational quotes. He went, sure. But I did it on specific things because I know 
that I'm going to be releasing a course every three months so I can coordinate my inspirational quotes around the course. So I got 13 quotes per course. So it's about, for me, taking that central point and saying, what is the central thing that we're focusing on and how can everything else fit in with it and coordinate with it? Because up to that point, I found that I was developing content for social media. I was developing podcast content. I was developing membership content. And all three things were very separate. And once I sort of pulled it together and turned it round and had another look, the membership now has the courses released every three months. But on the month after, we do a month-long challenge that is related to the course. So the members get the course included, but then they get extra support from me. So they get two live sessions a month, which I don't really need to do much in the way of prep for because one of them is a community call where we talk about the course that we just released. And one is a peer support session, which I don't need to do any prep for other than turn up. So then it's about thinking smarter and going, okay, how can I coordinate that together? I use some of the content for my social media. I use it as the core content for my membership and I sell a course out direct. So I'm using that one piece of course material in three different ways. Well, that's interesting to know, especially now since I'm developing curriculum and trying to figure out how, where, who I'm going to launch that to. So that's really good information. I think you've already got quite a strong niche. You're aiming at people like me. And one of the things that I remember reading about niching markets is generally you're selling to somebody just like you. Yes. And so if you consider that, you know, you are your own niche, then I think that makes it easier to market. And you maybe will still attract people from other demographics or, you know, other situations and circumstances, but your messaging is much stronger when you concentrate on that one thing. So if your messaging is talking to Lee, who's 50 years old and is a little bit heavier than she would like to be and is, you know, in that perimenopausal time where she's you know finding a weights redistributing around and she doesn't like it you can talk into that i probably overshared with that point there but thank you. Uh, but you are selling to somebody like me who is going through those different changes at this stage of my life and going actually i don't know how to navigate this necessarily so if your messaging can speak into that then that's a huge thing one of the big things is make sure that you speak into the transformation not the benefits and features of what you do, although they are very valid. What I want to know, what your audience wants to know, what's in it for me? What will I get? What transformation will I have? What difference can I see? And there's, do you know Don Miller's story brand at all? Have you come across that? No. Okay. So. so this guy is a New York Times bestselling author, and he's created this marketing model, I suppose is the best way to put it. And it's based on seven different stages and it's based on pretty much every successful feature film ever. And he says that there's only real for one hero in the story and it's not us. The hero is actually your client or your customer. But when you look at a hero within a film, it's actually not a place of strength. The hero can only get through a film or through a story because there's other people that then jump in to help. So if you think Luke Skywalker, he couldn't have got through without Yoda. 
So Yoda is the one that's in a position of strength because Yoda is the one who is a guide with a plan. Mm. So your position within this story is you are the guide with a plan. You're the person who has the strength in this situation because you're here to work with the hero of the story. Interesting. I love that. Definitely recommend his book. It's a good read. He's very good at distilling things down into very simple terms. And at the end, there's literally seven stages you go through. And one of the things that's really clever is you get to a stage within the story where it says, what will happen if you don't continue on, you know, you don't go to succeed? What is the worst case scenario? And then what's the best case scenario? So he sells the failure point as well as the success point. So it isn't always on the up. You definitely have that peril element there of saying, well, actually, if you don't do something about your health, you're going to age quicker. You're going to gain more weight. You're going to be uncomfortable. You develop arthritis because you're carrying more weight than you should do. And it yeah. puts a burden on your joints. You know, and the ultimate thing is you can actually shorten your lifespan because you're not looking after yourself. That's the peril element. But on the flip side, you can feel healthier than you did in your 20s. You can look great in absolutely anything that you want to wear and you can carry it with confidence. So you can show the two different sides of it. And I think if you can then incorporate that with some of your video work, I think that would be really great. Case studies, I think, would be really good for you as well. Testimonials. Absolutely. Video conversations, almost like a podcast element, but with video. So you can have a video interview with somebody who has gone through your process. Let them talk about the process. It will give you the language that they're using, which is always a really important point because we can talk about things from our perspective because we're professionals in our field, but you have to listen to the language that the person on the other side uses because we can lose them with our own language. My other business is an IT repair shop and I get people coming in. These are businesses as well and going, they need a box. You need a box? What kind of box do you need? I need a box with chips in it. Straight up this happened. This lady needed a box with chips in it. She needed a computer. She needed a desktop computer. She needed a new till system. But we had to decipher that from the language that she was using. So I wouldn't go and start talking about NVMEs and RAM and processor speeds for computers. Same as I wouldn't talk about color temperatures and grading and decibels for video work because people are just going to go... Yeah. I'm just going to glaze over and not get it. So it's making sure then that the language is appropriate to somebody who knows nothing about what you do. Right. And with the nutrition, there's almost always a behavioral element that goes along with that. So a big part of what I get to do, get the privilege of doing is covering the, their pain points. And yes. that comes through discussion and listening to their language, listening to the keywords that they use, reflecting back what I've heard and then coming up with a solution to move forward. So that's a great point. I think you've already got a lot of the content that's there. It's about capturing it. I wonder if there's potential for a little series, a little video series, like a Mythbuster. Because I wonder if that would then overcome some of the barriers that your clients would have before working with you. I know certainly with video work, we have three main barriers that we deal with all the time. Confidence on camera, 
thinking that you need a budget and thinking that you need to be technical. So a lot of the myth buster work that I would do is to say, well, if I can be confident on camera, I know that you can as well. I produce things using my iPhone and a webcam. I do have studio cameras, but they don't come out of the box very often because it's just so much more convenient to use my iPhone or to fire up my laptop and, and the webcam's already here. I have quite a fancy webcam. It's not just a regular one that's built in. I've got a specific one that I use, but it's quite simple technology. You plug it in and it works. So I wonder if maybe some work that could be done around the MythBuster element to encourage people to get involved, to sort of say why it would work for them. Right. That's a really great idea because part of what I do now in my lead generation is so simple. You know, I, I go out and I post testimonials on Facebook. I do live videos. I post inspirational content. I post about nutrition in general. And then I'm just growing my audience from my private Facebook group and through referrals. And it's working, but I like to be able to serve more people at a little bit quicker pace. And so I think I need to mix it up a little bit and do some different things. I think you probably got the majority of the elements that you need. I think maybe what you need to try and do is block book some time to create things as a batch content. So like I said about doing the inspirational quotes, I did them all one evening. I literally just sat and, and bought them all out within a couple of hours. And it's about an hour to generate them. And then I needed to save them within the calendar. I wonder if taking time out that you could look at it and say, okay, Friday afternoon, I'm going to deal with all the Mythbuster stuff in one go. And then that gives you content for months. I'm going to deal with all the testimonial stuff in one go. And then that gives you content for months. And then it's about actually having a strategy for your social media that says, this is how the different bits of information is going to be released. What you can do is your content can be micro content. It doesn't have to be hefty. You can be releasing things that are a minute long. So if you've got a testimonial that you've recorded with somebody that's six, seven minutes long, you potentially have five pieces of content within that that are just a minute each. But you'll maybe release one this month, one next month, one the month after. People won't remember what they saw before. So you can also reuse the content as well. So the testimonials can keep going round and you can add new ones in and drop old ones off. So you refresh it. But I certainly find that if I have a plan and I use a calendar to do it, it's a lot easier for me to go, oh, Monday's this, Tuesday's that, Wednesday's this. And I literally have a Word document that's a calendar that I slot the different things in. And it means when I sit down to schedule my social media, I can get a month scheduled probably in a half a day. So at three hours means that I can get, and that includes some production time as well, I can get enough posts out that will deal with do Facebook pages, a Facebook group, and a membership within a yeah. half a day because I'm batch content creation. Brilliant. Where I would start off is with a mind map. I'm a big fan of mind maps as well. So I would put the content idea in a big piece of paper, and then I would just think about what's all the different elements that could be included with that. And sometimes one of the things you could do is you can look at a problem and say, okay, What's four different solutions to this problem? 
So the problem could be that somebody is overweight. So you, this is going to be a challenge for me now. So your four solutions could be something around diet, something around exercise, something around sleep, um, something around mindset. But then you break it down more because, of course, if you look at diet, there's a million and one things that you could be talking about diet. There's a million and one things you could be talking about exercise. Even with sleep, it could be supplements. It could be what you wear to go to bed. It could be the type of pillows you have. It can be what type of air conditioning, the type of bedding. So you end up with lots and lots of little, little, little ideas. And before you know it, you've got enough content for the whole year. And then it's about bringing the ideas together to say, I can make that section in one go. I can make that section in one go. Because it'll take you a lot less time overall. It's like, then you have children. You'll know this one. It doesn't take that much time longer to make dinner for nine as it does to make dinner for five. Right. Because you're still making, you're just making more of it. It may take you a little bit longer because your prep's a little bit longer, but it's not twice as long. It's still a little bit longer. And the actual production, because you're not setting up equipment and taking it back down again, takes less time. The other thing that will happen is you'll get into the swing of it. So the first one or two might be a little bit questionable. But after that, you'll actually just sort of relax into it and just get on with it. And especially if you've got a set time, if you know, actually, I've got to get these videos done and I've got an hour, let's get on with it. And you go for it and you'll go for it with a different determination. And actually, you'll knock them out of the park because you have to. Yes. Time management is huge. Yes. Yeah. And then having a plan, having a plan and sticking to it and not being distracted away from that plan, the time blocking that you're talking about. You know, the challenge for, I think, a lot of business owners, I can only speak for myself, is, is distractions. I work from home primarily. I do have an office space, which I'm in now, that's nice and quiet. And I can come down here and do all of my videos. I could do exactly what you're talking about. I can make a commitment, put it on my calendar, and just block out at a certain time. You're going to your office, and you're going to bust this out. But then I get home, and my husband's there, and I see that the dishes need to be done, and the laundry needs to be done. Oh, I'll put that off. I'll put that off. Procrastination is a real thing. And then I'm over, and I don't do any. Discipline is a big part of it. I actually time block my entire week because I run two businesses. It's the only way that I can manage it. So Monday morning is my computer shop admin time. Monday afternoon is my computer shop social media time. Tuesday morning is when I'm dealing with course content creation, whether it's research, writing, recording, editing. Tuesday afternoon is business development and action plan. And Wednesday morning is team meetings and, and management meetings. So that's my IT central part of the week. And then I switch into video production element on a Wednesday afternoon. And I should actually remember all of those, but I can't. But I have a podcast time. I have a YouTube time. I have a marketing and email time. And I have a course development time that I have that block booked within it. And part of it is actually delegating to other people to get on with things. So tonight, I'm doing this podcast, so I've cooked dinner because it's evening for me. We've all eaten, but actually my son's done the dishwasher, my husband's cleaned the kitchen because I've already cooked so somebody else can pick it up. So there's a discipline with that to say, I need you to pick this up because I need to go and do that. Yes. 
you do need more time to get the ball rolling when you're batch creating content because you front end the workload. But once you've got it going, it then overcomes an inertia and gets a lot easier. So it may be is that you need that extra support to get going to start off with, and you need everybody else on your side to say, okay, I'll give you the space. I'll cook for a week. I'll wash up for a week or I'll look after the laundry, whatever it is you need done. But you need other people to pick up the slack to start off with. Yeah. But that means you have to adopt And accept that they don't do it your way, possibly. <laughs> there is always that element I've learned to not look in the dishwasher. It's fine. As long as it's clean when it comes out, it doesn't matter what it looks like when it goes in. <laughs> and I've trained my husband quite well with regards to laundry. He now understands that white things don't go in with anything else that's not white because otherwise it will be grey. It, yes. It's always a challenge. It doesn't stop being a challenge. You learn to manage it more. But you're yeah. not superwoman and you don't need to be superwoman. So the one thing that we haven't really talked about at the moment, and we've talked about a lot of stuff so far, we haven't looked at getting you to be more confident in front of the camera, which actually I think is probably the number one barrier because I think with that there, it's quite easy to go, I'll go and do the laundry, I'll go and do everything, I'll go and do anything, I'll go and walk the dog. I don't even have a dog, but I'll walk the... You know what I'm saying? You, you actually do anything rather than sit down and record a video because it's not comfortable to do. So I want to give you three elements to work on. Okay. So the first one is confident self, because you need to feel confident in yourself to be able to project that on your video. So this is things like body language, posture, preparation. They're probably your key ones. I'm a big advocate of being comfortable. So for some people, they'll say, oh, full face makeup, glamorous. No, I can't be doing with glamorous. I can't be doing with a lot of makeup because I have sensitive skin and sensitive eyes. And so what you would get is me scratching or rubbing my eyes. And then you get the panda look, which is not a good thing. So if you are comfortable in how you are in yourself, you know, you feel good, you know that you look good, then that helps with how you're going to be on screen. Then it's simple things of watching your posture. Make sure that when you're recording, that you have a chair that is comfortable, that your feet are flat on the floor, that you're actually sat well. And then see how you are within the frame of what you're recording as well. Because if you are too low down or too high up, then that affects what you look like as well with it. The next one I would say is confident voice because you need to be able to breathe well, to speak well. Mm. One of the things that I do is anything that I'm working on, whether it's social media content or course creation work, I'm always scripted because that is comfortable for me. I am an off-the-chart introvert. And so I also can serve tangents, which you've probably noticed during this evening's conversation is I serve tangents very, very well. And so in order to stay confident but also efficient I script and when I script I write to speak not write for school and one of the big things that happens is we are conditioned to write in a particular way it's very formal 
But if you're writing to speak, it's completely different. One of the things that I do is I'll put a lot of punctuation in because a punctuation means breathe. So if it's got a comma, it means breathe. If it's a full stop, it means breathe a bit more. And so you actually put in gaps and that makes it easier as well because it helps with the intonation of it. Now, because you're likely to be working from bullet points, I don't think that's really going to be an issue for you, but it does go back to that part of practice, practice, practice. Yeah. The other element that I think is really important is the confident space. So you don't need a big space, but if the more that your space can be ready, the less procrastination there is. I found that when I needed to set up my mic, my light, and my camera, I could actually lose probably three months having not recorded anything because I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it all day, yeah. And just when you look back, you think, oh, that was three months, that's terrible. And it did, that's what happened. So the space that I have now is very small. I've got 120 centimetres by 170 centimetres. It's in the corner of my room and this space is set up all the time. So when I get in from work, because this is my home studio, I have, my laptop goes on a stand. It's got three cables that go in. One's power, one's to a USB hub that's got everything else connected to it, and one is the monitor cable. So my ring light is connected to this, my mic's connected to this, and my webcam's on a monitor, not on the laptop. So once those cables are in, my studio is up and running. If I didn't have to take my laptop to work every day, all I'd need to do is press the on button. So I'm always ready to go. Give me 30 seconds for my laptop to start up. I'm ready to record. So it's about removing those elements of friction that say, oh, I need to do this. Oh, I need to do that. Yeah. I like ring lights. I think they're really good. I think they give a really nice tonal quality to the light. They're about $30. They're interesting if you wear glasses, because if you get it wrong, you get donuts and your reflection. Oh, yeah. So what you do is you have it higher up. Mine's actually six foot up and it's pointed at a white ceiling. So it's pointed at the ceiling because it's not a high ceiling. And I get a reflected light and it works off USB. So it's in my hub. And then I've got a microphone that I conquered off my son. So it didn't cost me anything at all. Um, and it's a blue snowball mic, which I think would retail at about $100. So there's a little bit of investment there that takes you from being like a Zoom user to being more professional with it. And then I have a webcam. My webcam's kind of an interesting one because it sits in the middle of my screen. Rather than sitting at the top of the screen, it actually has a long arm and it sits in the middle. But it means that my eye line is right for when I'm recording. My monitor is on a plinth, so it's the right height for me to use. My laptop goes on a stand, which basically, instead of it being laptop shaped, it's straight, which is a little bit weird, but it works then as a second monitor and I've got a separate keyboard. So this space is right for me. I've got it right for me. Doing the backdrop was a little bit challenging in here because I wanted to have my logo in the frame, which is fine because anytime I'm recording, it says Video Production Academy. But in order to not catch the curtains on one side and my bed on the other, this wall actually slopes away. So it meant that when I put a picture on the wall, I got an odd perspective. 
Hence the vines, because the vines are fine, whatever. And my fake orchid. So my whole studio setup was done for less than $200, including equipment. Wow, that's great. But it's about having the space then that works. So you have to have a play with it. I would suggest that your laptop needs to come up a bit because you're looking down on it at the moment. I used to have a cardboard box that was the right size. So the cardboard box would come out when I was recording. That's fine. And then it's about making sure you have the background how you want it. The easiest way to do that is just put zoom on, just set a zoom up. So it's just you that's on it. You can see what's in the frame and then you can move things around. So if you looked in my room, this logo frame here is in a really weird place on the wall compared with the rest of the room. Fine for the studio. Yeah. So it's sort of looking outside, looking inside and looking around you as well. Well, it's really good to know one of the comments that you just made, which I would never have known unless you mentioned it, is picking up my laptop and raising it up because I'm looking down, which I would have never even thought about. So I'm really glad that you pointed that out because that makes perfect sense. But if you don't know, you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. It's something everybody does. Everybody puts the laptop on the flat and then they look down at it which is not the most flattering way of working. Yeah. Just by popping it up so it's at the right eye line, yeah. that makes a really big difference. But also say a little bit of lighting. And the nice thing with the ring light is you can change the color of it. So you can make it so it's warmer or it's cooler and you can make it brighter or less bright. And it gives it a nice even light, which means you've got one light. Studio lights, you have three. And a ring light's clever. You can just do it with the one. Yeah. So it just helps lift the space. And if you have it set up that your recording space is always the same, it means that everything that's going on in the background is always the same and it gives you a continuity with your content as well. It's mm, a good point. This has been fantastic, Lee. You've given me some really great ideas and things that I can implement that I feel like are realistic and that I can certainly do that will add value to my content and to my clients' lives. And this was fantastic. You've been so, so helpful. Thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. I have a couple of questions for you. Sure. What will happen to you and your business if you don't start to make changes at this stage? It will stay right where it's at, or it will start to decrease because I'm keeping up with what I should be doing in order to stay competitive. It's a really good point. What are you going to take forward? Oh, gosh. I can't even. You gave me so many great things. First of all, I'm going to raise up my laptop. <laughs> so I'm not looking down. But I'm going to work on time management and time blocking using some of the things that you shared with your planner and with the, looking at some different forms. I've heard of Trello, and I think I may have even downloaded it at one point, but again, didn't really pursue it. So I'm going to do that. And I'm also going to start clutching my content. I love the idea of doing 52 inspirational quotes, sitting down and doing it within two hours versus at the end of the night, trying to schedule it for the next day, just randomly going in and grabbing something just to be done with it and being a little bit more intentional with that time blocking and videoing. I may even take on the challenge of the, you know, 30 days, 30 Facebook lives, you know, it's a good one to do. It's a really good one to do. When I did it, I 
was teaching something specific and I broke it down into 30 sections. Okay. And so that's the way that I did it. And it doesn't have to be huge. You can just do a minute or two at a time because people don't have the attention span for huge, great, big things. So if you did just two minutes a day, that's an hour's content at the end of it. But if you're doing the Facebook Lives, what you can do afterwards is you can download them from Facebook and then you've got that video for repurposing at a later stage. I did not know that. I'll have to check that out. I've been so nervous about pushing that stop button and not being able to hit it right without looking <laughs> like you were talking about that I don't really even play around with that. I just get on and I get off, try to as gracefully as I possibly can. But, but two last tips with that. I use a piece of software called StreamYard and it's free to use and it's really useful for getting on and off Facebook one of the things that's really clever with it is you go and set up the studio and it will post to Facebook to say, hey, Roddy's going to go live at this time and this is what she's talking about. Click in, I think it says like click interested or click going and it'll send a reminder out. Because one of the problems with Facebook lives is people only know you're there when you're there. And right. so they miss it. Whereas this kind of goes, Roddy's going to do this. So that's really helpful. The other thing is you can create a Facebook group of one just you. And then you can practice in that Facebook group. You make it private. Nobody's going to know it's there. And it gives you that opportunity to have a practice, have a play, especially if you're going to be starting to use some new equipment or new software. It gives you a sandbox to actually have a practice in where actually it's not going to matter if it doesn't go well. And if it does go well, you can download that video as well. That's a fantastic idea. And I would feel so much more comfortable about that. If you have people that, I refer to them as business besties. If you have a couple of business besties, you can always invite them into that group as well. And you can get them to give you constructive criticism. You can encourage them to actually go live in the group as well. So then you can kind of coach each other to improve. The reason that I do it with business besties is because we all have cheerleaders in our lives that are great. They're fantastic people. They're people that we go to to validate our bad decisions. So if you actually show them a Facebook Live, they'll go, yeah, that's great, even if it was awful. And, you know, sometimes they're absolute right people to speak to. But if you're looking at progressing, then you need people that are going to be constructive but be honest. Yeah. You don't need people pulling you down and saying, oh, that's awful, don't ever do that again. You need somebody who says, oh, do you know, actually, you ran out of energy at that point. What happened here? And you go, do you know, actually, you're right with that. And so you need somebody or you need people then that can have a look at it and go, just this little tweak, just this little change. Or do you know what? You knocked it out of the park. That was fantastic. That's so it's really helpful to have those people around you. So you can share your Facebook group of one with a couple of other people if you've got them that would be prepared to do that. Yeah, that's a fantastic idea because one of the things that I know that I've been learning, and you've heard this as well, is that you put yourself with people that are better than you. And so if I have a couple of mentors that I'm sure would be happy to be on that Facebook private group that would be more than willing to watch those videos and critique me in an honest, kind way, tell the truth and love, you know? And so that's Absolutely. a fantastic idea. I'm definitely going to do that one. You know what they say, you should never be the smartest person in the room. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Roddy, this has been an absolute delight. How can people get in touch with you? 
have a private Facebook group that is called Nutrition by Design, and you have to request to be a part of it. They can get a hold of me at roddy at nutritionbydesign.me or through direct messaging on Facebook. My website is under construction, so it's not up and running yet and probably won't be for another month or so. But the best place to get a hold of me is on Facebook. Fantastic. We'll make sure all those contact details are in the show notes as well. So I hope today's conversation has inspired you to get out there and create videos. If you'd like to come onto the video edge, get an application in via the website. And if we think you're a good fit to come on the show to look at your business and hopefully we'll help grow it when we'll make all the arrangements to invite you on. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. This is the show to help grow your business through video. If you love what we do, we'd love to get our message out to more people. So please like, subscribe, share, whatever it is that you can do to push the show out further. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Video Edge.